Welcome back in, everybody. It's another edition of the First and Orange podcast. Parker Gabriel here, Ryan McFadden there, uh, Denver Post, Broncos reporters. Coming to you on Tuesday, it's September 26th. Ryan, did Miami just score again? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got the cut, you got the color on there. You got it's almost a dolphin's uh color there on your shirt. Yeah, oh yeah, this is like um uh, the Super Bowl uh the, the little thing I got from the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Oh, nice. That's awesome. I think it was in yeah, I mean that that uh they've held their fair share at uh, Hard Rock Stadium too, but nobody's ever quite seen anything in that building or very few times in NFL history like what unfolded on Sunday, obviously Miami uh, scored 70 points against Denver, the second most in a regular season game in NFL history. That's 10, 10 touchdowns, Ryan, 10 in one game. It was, it was something. I mean, it just was like, well, and then I was looking, cause you know, when you like when something like this happens, like you don't exactly write like, and then the Dolphins scored again and then the Dolphins scored again and then the Dolphins scored again. Like you're setting out to provide, some context in the larger sense. And so there wasn't a whole lot of, sometimes you're like, Oh, here was a critical sequence or something like that. When you're putting a story together about it that day or the next day or whatever, there wasn't really a whole lot of that on Sunday because it was just such a, such a historic blowout that I didn't even, I didn't even quite realize until Sunday night after the game, like, you know, um, well after the game. And then Monday, as I was going back through stuff, you know, they had a, like two scoring drives of less than 30 seconds and another one of 49 and another one of a minute 20. And the two touchdowns they scored at the end of the half were 22 seconds apart on the clock. So um, it just was fast and furious. It was an all timer. Um, and yeah, I mean, Ryan, you, you've you've been on the Broncos beat for three regular season games now and you can say you've seen history. Yeah, it. The Miami Dolphins, I saw, like one thing to take away: the Miami Dolphins were playing Madden on rookie mode. That's what it looked yeah. like. Yeah, and even even there, like seventy points is still absurd. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you go watching that game. Denver looked unprepared. They just looked outcoached. They looked overmatched in terms of talent. It was just a complete bloodbath. Where, like I said, it's Madden on rookie mode. Tua Tagovailoa. Completed his first 17 passes. Tyreek Hill just blowing by, blowing by the secondary. Their run game was just phenomenal. Yeah, offensive yeah. line was the offense. The Miami's offensive line was was beat was just beating up um, Denver's defensive line throughout the whole game. Just it was a complete dominant performance. I didn't expect like going into that game. Everyone on the staff predicted the um, excuse me the Broncos to lose. Yeah, but. To give up seventy, yeah, that's something where it's like we're at a point where it's crazy to say we're at this point because it's still only three games into the season. But you really have to sit here and look at this team and like, all right, what is next for this team right. after this? Because just at the end of the day, you're still going to as at the moment you still have the same guys in your roster, you still have the same coaching staff, you still have Vance Joseph running the defense. So if this is the lowest point what is next yeah you would think the only the only way they can go is up after giving up 70 points but still you're looking at they still got to face the chiefs twice and it's just it went from having some form of optimism to it's like all right is it starting are we at the point where is it time to start looking at mock drafts and 
start looking at some college football tape to see what, what Denver can do in a draft in the, in the spring. Yeah, it's amazing how fast it happened. I mean, I think the thing the thing that everybody knew, and I guess a lot of people, like myself included, I think everybody knew that they had to get off to a fast start um, just with all of the newness in the building and all of that. And then also because they started with home games against Las Vegas and Washington, as we've talked about a lot over the past few weeks. And it just – I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe the thing is, you know, you say it, but then when you actually see it in practice, it really hits home of how important that fast start was. Right. And I think I still, there's this part of my brain that's like, well, it's not sort of all hope is lost yet. Um, But like math and history says that in terms of the playoffs, it's just exceedingly unlikely for teams that start 0 and 3. And it's, it's in part because you can look at stats and all of that, but like, Sean Payton has talked about this quite a bit, actually, and it's in the inverse, right? He's talked about teams that are good at home. Mike Shanahan had a a period of time where they went 31 and one at home. Um, And he said, so, you know, what goes into being a good home team, good road team, good bad weather team? And he's like, the thing that the thing that comes before home road, bad weather is good. Like if you go 31 and one at home, you're you're not just good at home. You're probably really good as a team. And if you are a good road team, that just you have a good team. And so that is part of this. It's like, okay, yeah, teams that start 0 and 3 don't make the playoffs. They've, they've hardly ever made the playoffs. And part of that's because teams that, 0, that start 0 and 3 are typically bad, you know, like there's exceptions to that. Um, but by and large, I think what happened was we switched really fast from Denver's not great, but let's see if they can get off to a fast start to put themselves in contention to instead like Denver's off to a bad start. The schedule only gets harder from here. Although Miami obviously looks like one of the best teams in the NFL overall, it gets harder. And so then the sort of like your assumption, my assumption on them has flipped a little bit of like, they look like a bad team and they've got, several games, many games left in the season to try to prove otherwise. Um, but I think you're just sort of like resting expectation for the group um, is a lot lower after watching three losses sort of in like each in their own way. Um, then, then you would have, then I would have had four or five weeks ago and even four or five weeks ago, like I, I didn't think they were great. Yeah, I agree. This is going through this season. This wasn't a great team, and it wasn't – but you you saw what they had, and it's like, all right, maybe – and you look at the schedule, especially like the first like the first three games of the, 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 this opening stretch of the season, yeah. where it's like, all right, they can get to a hot, uh, pretty solid start, three and one, then, okay, now you're looking at a, a scenario where maybe nine and eight is realistic with the, with the roster they have. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like – I don't even know. It's, it's, it's really bad where on – yeah, we could say Russell Wilson looks a lot better than he was last year. That's Let's let's get that out. He has looked a lot better than he was. Back-to-back 300-yard passing performances, he has looked a lot better. I think we've seen Marvin Mims. I think he looks like a potential star in a way he can impact the game, not only as a receiver but on special teams as well. Yep. But then you go to the defense. This is a defense who was – they weren't – they weren't dumb. They weren't great, but they were solid last year. And now it's like, boom! Now they're one of the worst in the league. They they uh, they have allowed forty points per game 
through these three games. I think they have allowed the most yard off total yards out of any team in the NFL right now. They just like a complete mess. They're not getting any – they're struggling from, from a pass rush standpoint. You can't put Pat Sertan on both sides of – you can't clone Pat Sertan yeah, to have him on great. both sides. That'd be great. That'd be a lot better <laughs> if they could. And even then, you saw what Tyreek Hill did Tyreek Hill did to him. So even at, even though Pat Sertan is one of the best in the league, he still has his vulnerable moments, and we saw that on Sunday. So I don't know where where this can go. Something tells me I feel like where it's like when you look at Sean Payton, I know he came in there with a lot of expectations. Uh, maybe he was those expectations he did share to the public. He shared publicly. Maybe that was a way his way of motivating his guys. But you look at this team. I think this is a bigger challenge than he probably this one year. He may be expect he than he expected himself. Yeah. And that seventy to twenty loss you saw uh, you saw in his the, his face in the press conference. That's what it looked like. Yeah. It looked like he just got a the the shock of his life and like is like oh this is. Uh, it, this might be harder than I thought. Yeah. Where everyone going through this year, everyone said, all right, they got Sean Payton. That was the thing. They just needed a coach, and you got him. I think there's more than just putting one of the best offensive mind, one of the best coaches out there to help fix this, and clearly we saw that on Sunday. Yeah, no doubt. And and it's – like, there are even – this is not to let Denver off the hook in any way. Like, they, they played so bad against a really good team, and it exposed – like some, it exposed a lot of things about about the Broncos that I think you sort of had this suspicion, but it just it was reinforced. Like Miami's the fastest team in the NFL. Like their actual numbers to verify that they have next gen stats has like the fastest five moving speeds in the entire league for the first three weeks are like three different Dolphins players. So they they can fly, but you saw the overall lack of athleticism and speed on Denver's defense really, um, you know, really sort of like exposed. Um, and they have some young guys who are fast and explosive. Like think about the rookies. Well, Drew Sanders played a lot more. And then you saw the other side of that coin where it's like, yeah, he, he can, he can move. He's explosive. He's good as a rusher. Maybe he can create a little bit of pressure over the course of the season, but he's not as assignment sure as Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell. Uh, who each also have their, you know, obvious strengths and then also limitations. And it was one of those games where it was like everybody's limitations got sort of like, you know, put on display to the max. And so that's not going to be the case every week. Like there's only been a couple of times where somebody scored 70 points in a game. Um, but, you know, you, you sort of saw um, the overall lack of depth, like the the safety, the injury situation, safety caught up with them. You know, that's just the reality of, of the situation. And we'll see, you know, as the week goes on here where Justin Simmons is at, but, you know, it's a muscle injury. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a hip injury. And so you just don't know how fast he's going to come back from that. He didn't, I don't know. I mean, he, he's a really good player and he played fine the first two weeks at, I don't know if he's still favoring the the groin strain that he had in camp. He wasn't on the injury report for what that's worth. Um, but, you know, he, didn't, he just was like a half step late on a couple times where he thought normally Justin Simmons makes a play on that ball or whatever against Washington. So we'll just have to see where they're at there. But they're down to several guys um, with him and Caden Stearns and PJ Locke. And Locke is eligible to come back after the Chicago game um, as our – 
a couple of other guys, K1 Williams, we'll see if he's ready. And then Alex Polcheski, the, the rookie tackle. So, you know, by and large, like you said, Ryan, I mean, this is, this is the group they've got going forward and they've got to try to figure it out. They got destroyed on the edges. Um, you know, just pretty much everything you can imagine when it's 70. So the question is like, we know, we know what the team's limitations are now. We've seen all of them basically over the first three weeks. Like how are they going to go about uh, minimizing those and maximizing the things they do well and try to figure out how to get this thing on track a little bit? Yeah, I think that's going to be, that's good. That's going to be key for them because like you said, they lack, they lack the time, they lack the athleticism, they lack, they lack the speed on defense and they're just good. This is something where the coach staff is going to have to get together and just try to figure this out, whether it's changing up the game plan a bit. Um, but, yeah, this, there's a lot of weaknesses on this team that Miami just expo- like ex- yeah. just exploited. Um, even Quinn Minher, uh, right guard Quinn Minher, said the same thing. He said other teams are going to look at that tape and see what we did wrong and try to attack that. Yeah, in the locker room after the game, Alex Singleton said, if I was Chicago, I'd install all the stuff Miami did and run the exact same 15-play script <laughs> to open the game and see if we've gotten better. Yeah, it's, they've really got exposed. And it's something that – it was really – it was surprising how it went. Yeah, it was. That's what it was. We we knew, like, them, them putting up an L, I wasn't surprised by that. That – Miami has one of the best off- offenses in the league. They look like a Super Bowl contender. Uh, Mike ben- Mike McDaniel is a freaking genius. Tua Tungabaloa, uh, he, I know he's got a lot of hate in the past, but he he's uh, he's for real. Yeah, Tyree Tyree kills one of the best um, receivers in the league. They got you got you have to give it to them. They they are a very talented team and way more talented than than the Broncos. But good. To lose by to allow ten touchdowns and seventy points, that's like that's 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 absurd. I think that's where you have to look back and just like Sean Payne said, you have to look inwardly, and this is something where they're going to have to look at themselves and come together and figure out all right, how how are we going to steer this ship back in the right direction? This is because that's where that's where they're at. Because it, I feel like. They have they have they have a break coming up with with Chicago, but if they lose to Chicago, then it, I feel like it's yeah. That if you lose to Chicago, I think that's where the fan base had enough, and you kind of have to sit there and look at all right, what direction do we go next? You have to make the decision whether it, if the defense continues to to regress, then you have to say all right. It's someone like Vance Joseph, Vance Joseph going by the bye week. Um, then you have to look at players on the team. Or do we need to go uh, shop some players in the market to get some to get some future draft picks? So I think this game is to me. I, I guess Chicago Bears huge. If they lose to the Bears, then I feel like the ship has sunk. Yeah, no doubt. And that's sort of the next. That's let's talk about that. I, I just want to make one point before we move on from. Miami and hope I think Broncos fans probably if it never gets talked about again they'll be happy with that but um I the thing for as bad as Denver played and for for the way it got covered here which it should have as a calamity and all of that like just um you know also a note of appreciation for you know like you said what Mike McDaniel's doing because 
it's awesome. And he grew up here in the Denver area. He grew up a Broncos fan. He got a job as a ball boy and then as an intern with Mike Shanahan. And, you know, Mike's got his own kid who's a pretty good NFL coach, um, Kyle, out in, in San Francisco. But Mike McDaniel, with the, the stuff they do in the run game and the wide zone and the way they capture the edge and pin you in and basically just – they just put you in hell, you know, with all of the motion and all of the movement and the way their receivers block. It's beautiful to watch. Um, it really is. And so he's, uh, he's doing the OG of that offensive system, Mike Shanahan, proud with the way uh, it's going. And it was fully um, – at the Broncos expense on Sunday. So that sets up, as you said, Ryan, the battle of 0-3s, two games in the NFL. There's four 0-3 teams left. They each play each other um, this next weekend. The other one's uh, Minnesota and Carolina, I think. Um, and so there will only be two 0-4 teams after this weekend. And like, I don't, I think Denver will beat Chicago um, when we do picks at the end of this. That's, that's what I'll pick. Um, I think you'll see, even if it's not sustainable, I think you'll see Denver, um, you know, play really well, probably. Um, they don't have much of a choice after what happened last week. But here, the thing is, it's more interesting to consider what happens if they lose. Um, and it may, you know, even if they win, it may then be, you know, you've got the Jets and and you've got um, the Chiefs twice in 17 days with the Packers also in there before the bye week. And we may get to the bye week, you know, if they're two and seven or whatever, like it's going to be, it'll, this conversation will come up anyways, but it will get here faster if, if they lose on Sunday. And that's just, like you say, where do you go from there? Um, and, you know, the staff and, and jobs and all of that, that's all part of that, um, you know, front office, that, all of that's in play, all of it's in play, except for probably Sean, right? I mean, like they made him one of the highest paid coaches in the NFL, um, they're doing this for the long haul. Uh, as long as he, you know, wants to be the coach after this year, um, he'll be back. So that's sort of like the table set there. But the more interesting thing is on the player front, because, you know, if you're way out of it, uh, you know, they've got their first round pick. So wherever they end up that way, um, you know, they've got their first round pick, whether that's number one or number seven or number 15 or whatever. Um, they traded their second round pick to new Orleans as part of the Peyton deal. And then they got new Orleans third round pick. It was like a swap, but then they traded the lower of their own and new Orleans third round pick to move up in the draft, to take Riley Moss. So all of that ends up being, they've got their first round pick and they've got a third round pick. Um, and then normal set pretty much after that. So that's uh, not a big war chest to go into what could end up being a, a full rebuild, right? Um, especially if this year goes way off the rails. So that leads you to at the trade deadline um, and maybe after the season two, but at the trade deadline, like is a team looking for a really good safety in Justin Simmons is a team looking for a receiver or a veteran edge player like Frank Clark, if he's healthy, like he's not going to bring you back a lot, but, He's on a one-year deal. There's no long-term commitment. And he's shown that when the chips are down and the games matter, he can be a productive player. And teams always need edge help. So there's all of these guys. There's a bunch of guys, you know, pick a guy who doesn't have a lot, who makes a lot of money and doesn't have a lot of guarantees left. Um, and he could end up being in consideration. Um, so that's not like not sitting here saying they're going to trade Justin Simmons and Garrett Bowles. But like, if you look at 
sort of like where contract statuses stand and all of that, like those are the guys who enter this conversation at some point um, if it becomes uh, a lost cause and a, and a, a possible fire sale. Yeah, I agree. And if it gets to that point, I think teams will be calling for Justin Simmons, especially depending on depending on his health. Uh, he's probably one you could probably get a you probably get a, quite a few picks for, for someone like Justin Simmons. Excuse me, Justin Simmons caliber, and that's I feel like someone like Sean. He's gonna have to sit there and a- ask himself that question as well. Like Sean Payne talks about, like he wants to win. He wants to get the ball right rolling right, right away. But if this is bad, it might flip around where instead of you're trying to win right away and to you're possibly leading a, a rebuild. And yeah. that so this that's where we're at. And that's why I said this game against Chicago is very important. And because that's that's where that's what could happen. Like they go 0-4 to the, to the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Right? Where it's not like you're going 0-4. You're it's in, if you if this was Chiefs week. All right, we might have a different conversation against right, right. the Chiefs, but this is Chicago Bears. If you lose to Chicago Bears, and that discussion needs to be had, and and to figure it out, like we're top, like Sean Payne, to me, Sean Payne is safe. Like he walked, oh. Sean Payne walked into this. <laughs> he walked into this. Ownership brought him in to try to clean this up, but it could be a p- position where the only way you can clean it up is to do a fire sale to you know, rebuild and start over. That might be the way Denver has to clean it up. As bad as it, as a lot of fans might not want to go through that, that might be the inevitable if they can't pull off a win. To me, if they can't pull off a win against Chicago, if they can't pull off a win against the Jets with Zach Wilson as the quarterback, I, you really have to sit there and look at look at this franchise like, all right, this may be, they might be beyond saving. And yeah. when you watch Sunday, that's what it looked like. This is like right. a franchise that's beyond saving. No matter how many yards Russell Wilson is throwing, there's still there's still a lot of flaws with, within this within this team. And to me, you have to wonder: is the only way to get rid of those flaws is just to boom, yeah, like I'll just yeah, just and, blow it up. And you know, neither of I mean. I've been here a year of my second season on the beat, your first season on the beat. So we didn't witness this in person, but you know, the Broncos have had a couple of spots where they, they could have sort of started that process since Peyton Manning retired and they've, they've put it off, you know, they haven't done it, you know, they tried to hold it together. Um, You know, they haven't made the playoffs since then, but so like the bottom line on that is it hasn't worked. And so like last year, I mean, last year the Broncos started two and one. So it was a different tenor after three weeks, but even by, you know, week four last year, it was very clear um, that the offense had, wasn't playing well. Right. I mean, it was actually funny enough. It was sort of similar to the way the, the, the Broncos defense was playing this year. It wasn't quite that cataclysmic right away, but they, they played pretty well against Seattle in week one. And then um, they just really struggled to, they struggled with Houston week two San Francisco is the best defense in the league and they won that game. And so you're sort of like, Hey, look, they scored 11 points, but they won. So, you know, take it. Um, and they had a chance week four um, to get to three and one and push Vegas to winless at zero and four. And they lost in Las Vegas. And that was the start of the big slide. And they went, um, you know, three and 11 
the rest of the way. Yeah. Three and 11, the rest of the way. So, uh, you know, that was kind of the, like, but even then, even then they got to London and they won to get to three and five going into the bye week and Hackett was, he wanted to try to hold it together. You know, he's like, I think we, you know, I think we we're going to figure it out and we're going to get back in this and we can make, uh, a run for the playoffs. We just got to get hot. He always said, you got to go on a winning streak in the middle of the season. Um, and they traded Bradley Chubb that week after London uh, at the deadline. They got a first round pick for him. And George Payton said, yeah, you can try, but you're going to do it without a guy who was, you know, one of your best defensive players over the first half of the season. And funny enough, Jacksonville, who the Broncos beat in London was two and six, and they ended up making the playoffs. So it's a good lesson that, you know, three weeks does not make a season. Um, weird things happen in this league. Um, you know, teams reel off four, five, six wins in a row. The question for Denver is like, where is that on the schedule? Um, and it's hard to see if you're looking at it now. So, yeah, I mean, there's these aren't decisions that have to be made. Like they don't have to trade Justin Simmons if they lose next week in Chicago. Um, the deadline's still another month after that. But it's it's definitely – it's definitely going to feel like that's the inevitable conclusion here um, if they're 0 and 4. And frankly, like, yeah, we'll see. I mean, if they even if they win the next two weeks against against Chicago and the Jets, then you're sort of like, okay, let's see it against the Chiefs and the Packers, right? Before you really buy that it's it's um, something sustainable, that there's some sort of sustainable progress being made. Yeah, it's – I'm – like, even if they lost, I, I'm i not going to say after week four, ship Justin Simmons and get, yeah, some, right. get, get some picks. But I, I'm i just – I look at it like if that happens, you're going to have to start – like, that's what's going to start creeping in a lot of people's mm-hmm. mind is like, all right, we're 0-4 and we just lost to the freaking Bears and we just gave up 70 to the Dolphins and we blew a 21-3 lead to the Commanders who just got destroyed by the Buffalo Bills, 37 to three. Buffalo has taken each of the Denver's first two losses. Uh, They destroyed Vegas in week two, and then they destroyed uh, Washington in week three after the Broncos lost each. And the Broncos still have them on their schedule when they play them in in Buffalo on November. So like, and like you said, it's hard when you look at the schedule after, after, after this stretch, it's hard to find a stretch where you can say, they can reel off three or four four games, and boom, they're right back in it. Yep. Like now, you're 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 basically asking the Denver Broncos to win one of those Kansas City Chiefs games. That's where that's where we're at. If that's if that's where Denver and that's what Denver needs to do, they're going to have to win one of those Kansas City Chiefs games. And after seeing what Miami did with them on offense, I could like. Patrick Mahomes, I'm not saying they're going to put up 70. I, that's, I don't think that's yeah, going to right, happen again. Right. But Pat, Patrick Mahomes and company are going to give them give them a whole a, a lot of problems. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I, I there's It is way too easy, Ryan, to just spew off a bunch of hot takes about the NFL and the Broncos and the Dolphins after, a day, after you watch something like that. But I'm – I mean, San Francisco – might have the biggest say so far if you're looking at whose offense is on par with Miami's in the NFL. Like Mahomes, yeah. all-time great. There's no doubt about it. And 
it sounds funny coming from some guy that covers the Broncos because, you know, here we're obviously not fans, but here there's a lot of rushing anytime things aren't perfect in Kansas City to say like, oh, see, they're fallible. You know, they're not this, they're not that. Um, but like Mahomes is like, he's, he's that guy. Like he's, he's an all time great already. And he's like 28. Um, they've won the division seven years in a row and they probably will again this year. And all of that at this year, this year, 2023, Miami's offense might be better than Kansas city's. Um, I think so. Which, I think so. you know, it's sort of like Kerry Colbert told me we were talking about wide receivers the other day. He said, you just put your head down and see where you're at at the end of the season. That's how it'll play out. But man, I mean, that Miami offense is special. And they've got the backs that fit the system. Uh, uh, A-Chain, Devin A-Chain, the, the rookie, um, looks special. That was his first real extended action um, last week against Denver. And he had, what, 205 yards and four touchdowns or something like that. So, um, yeah, they're ama- it's that's an amazing uh, offense. And um, if they ended up playing in the Super Bowl against San Francisco, not only would – Mike Shanahan be a very happy guy, but it might be like 41-40. Oh, yeah. And, and, let, let, and let's and we got to remind ourselves this about that Dolphins offense. They put up 70 with Jalen Waddle, their second best wide receiver, mm-hmm. and not playing. That's that's incredible. Yeah. So they did that and they didn't even have Jalen Waddle out there. That's that team is that team is I you gotta give them credit. That's a special, that's a special team. That's a special offense, like all around. That's that offense is just tremendous. They're, they're very fun to watch. Yeah, like as much as as much as it pained a lot of Broncos fans to watch their team get blown out the way they did. When you when you look back and watch some of the things that the Dolphins were doing offensively, it's they're a fun group to watch. Yeah, yeah. and they have a lot of talented players that I think they're going to be special, and they all fit their fit the system. And the thing about it, Ryan, is like they they are just built on speed. Like at the end of the day, they have speed, rare speed that not a lot of teams have. And you you see signs of that on offense with the Broncos. They're not fast like Miami's fast, but you see that with guys like Marvin Mims, like Brandon Johnson can really run, you know, Judy's like that. Um you know, Jaleel McLaughlin has some of that in him. And we haven't, you know, so that's sort of like what we've been talking about with this, the Broncos offense the whole year is they're obviously not like that. Um, But you've sort of seen these signs of like promise. Um, You've seen stretches where they've played really well, some stretches where they've played really bad, but um, that's the, you just can't, you can teach, you know, technique and in, in getting off man coverage and you can teach technique of, you know, trying to get guys to learn how to get better at pressing a hole and making a cut, but you cannot teach a guy to run four, three, one. You just can't, uh, it doesn't work like that. So uh, Miami's just got, got it in droves. Um, and yeah, Denver doesn't um, probably not going to be a lot of people fawning over either of the teams on the field Sunday, Ryan, at least not the game we'll be paying attention to, but what do you got before we get going here this week? Uh, what do you got? Bears, Broncos, the windy city Sunday in the early time slot. I'm going 23. I'm going to say 
23-14 uh, Denver. That's where I'm going to go. All right. I think it's, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be closer than it should be. Denver's offense, I, I think Denver's offense is, from what we've seen, I, they're capable of being the Bears by two touchdowns. I don't see that happening. So I think I, I think you're going to get a Chicago Bears team, just like similar to the Denver Broncos, with a lot to prove, being 0-3 as well. Uh, but I still – I still they, the Broncos got the better quarterback. They got – I think overall they got a better – overall they have a better offense. And this – and I think the defense should look a little bit better going against the Bears, but I think it's still going to be closer than it's, it's going to be closer than it should be. So that's yeah. why I'm going 23-16. Um, one matchup to watch will be uh, Pat Sertan and DJ Moore. Uh, DJ Moore last year in Carolina was one of the few receivers who who got the better of Pat over the year. Um, it was late in the season, and you know it was getting bad already for Denver. Um, but I would bet that Sertan will have some you know get back on the minds not only with dj Moore but after the way you know they they all played um last week i'm gonna go out on a limb a little bit ryan i think i think if there's a game on the schedule where unless the team's really just already sort of like over the sean payton message which i don't know if that's impossible but i don't think it's all the way there at this point i really don't um and i so i think denver's gonna i think this will they'll play well, um, and I think they're going to hammer Chicago. That's I could be spectacularly wrong on this, um, but I'm saying 35-17. Like I think oh, it's, the, it's okay. the day that the Broncos' offense comes together. Um, I don't think it's going to last. Like I don't think it's the start of some big turnaround this season. But it's just one of those like you got embarrassed. You were you've been the laughing stock of the league for an entire week. And you're capable on offense. And so I think it I think it comes through at least for a week. The Jets are a whole nother story. Um, but yeah, I this is if there's a game on the schedule for it to happen, this is it. So I'm saying uh a breakout game, at least a momentary breakout game for Denver, 35, 17. Uh, and we put away the tank for Caleb Williams talk for a week, <laughs> at least. For a week, yep. <laughs> for a week, yeah. And then after that, who knows? But we'll talk about that next week. Um, anything else for the good of the cause, Ryan? Just – it's going to be a long season. I'll just yeah. say that. <laughs> it's going to be a long – we got a long ways to go. we got a long way to go. <laughs> 14 games, unless there's a miraculous playoff run. There's a lot left – on the docket, we will be here to cover all of it. We'll talk about it every week. Uh, you can read all sorts of stuff from Sean Keeler saying the best thing they can do from here is lose. Uh, we had kids over the weekend making Smash Mouth references uh, in his game column. Uh, we got it all. Um, so check it out, denverpost.com slash Broncos. Ryan McFadden. Parker Gabriel, thanks as always for listening, for watching, if you're watching this on YouTube. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. So.